out the corner of my eyes, I saw this creature, which was uh, over six foot tall, with feathers. It, it just looked like a giant bird, but yet a man. And it was standing with its shoulders, and then it snuck down like this. I just couldn't imagine what I was seeing, and panicked. And when I tried to run, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. Hey, this is Mothboy Mike. This is Mothboy Matt. This is Jake. Just Jake. <laughs> Just Jake. Why aren't we more and popular? This is <laughs> and this is Mothboys, a podcast on cryptids, conspiracies, and the unknown. So, Jake, we aren't popular enough for Jake, I don't think. No. We've been discussing this. Wow. So what do we need to, what do we need to do to get more popular, Jake? I think we got to take some DMT. Mhm. Uh we got to all shave our heads. Mhm. And we and basically gotta change USC our names. Yes, we got to change our name to Joseph Rogan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the only well, that... way we become more po- more popular. Right. Okay, so we... let's do it. I'm down. Make Again, it happen. Okay, let's like do I the said, intro. Let's do the intro, but as if we're all Joe Rogan. Okay. Okay. Let's do the. Let's do. Let's. Let's. All right. I'll start. Uh, hey, this is Joe Rogan. Hey, this is Joe Rogan. Do DMT about it. And this is just Joe Rogan. Just Joe. And this is. It- and this is Joe Boys, a podcast on cryptids, conspiracies, and the unknown. <laughs> so is that, Joe is, that what, is, is that how we're going to get more popular? Yeah, so I okay. think now we can use Joe Rogan in our tags and our search engine optimization. Because <laughs> we mentioned it, so we're allowed right. to use it now. It's we're that's allowed to legally use it, yeah. binding. So now right. if we're not blowing up after this, I don't know what's up, dudes. So, dudes, um, this is the first episode of our Halloween Spooktacular. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the uh, the month of October. Ooh. Or I like to call it Spooktober. Spooktober. That's good, too. It's our Spooktacular, baby. Part three. Hell, yeah. Spooktacular so 2K19, even though it's 2021. Mm. Yep. There you go. That's it. Jake, what you got going on, buddy? You know, just going through that midlife crisis. Uh, just wishing I was Joe Rogan. I guess that's all I can really I, say. Yeah. Um, I know. Who doesn't? Uh, I just need a good spook. So I hope this episode provides that for me. I need to get into this holiday I, spirit. Okay. We can make that. We'll try to make that happen for you, Jake. Okay. 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 Like I'm cool. like at a Grinch level. I need this holiday spirit to grow my heart. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> okay. uh, that's good. Uh, what about you, Maddie? What's going on with you? Um, uh, uh, um, that was sick. Not, not a whole lot. Prepping for the uh, the uh, the the Halloween season. Just went shopping. Got myself a new jacket, some new flannels. Good. How is that preparing uh, for the boots? Halloween season? I thought you were buying decorations. No, 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 no. It's all about Matt. <clears throat> See, it's all about the fashion yeah. in in Halloween. So I got like this nice burnt orange green uh, flannel, and it looks hella tight. I'm gonna be visiting, Dang. getting 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 my my 
cold brew coffees and my pumpkin spice beers on this month. Um, nice. It's uh, very spooktacular. One can again, say. it is again, spooktacular. Tis, yeah. tis the season. Listen, so I've said this before, right? What are the three things that this season is all about? DMT. DMT. Well, you got it right. I think that's it. It's for it's for pumpkins. What's the what's the real answer? It's for scary movies, and it's for getting Mm -hmm. your fuck on all three. Okay. This this season, that's what I'm talking about, baby. With a pumpkin. With a pumpkin spice. If you can't find anyone to love, fuck a pumpkin. American Pie Four, American <laughs> Halloween, American Pie, American Pie Four horror story, American, American Pie Horror. American, that's good. That's good. <laughs> American Pie Four, American Pumpkin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. It was. That was it good. Was. Well, that's good, Matt. That's that's cool. So, what topic do we have for Spooktacular? How's it going, Mike? Oh, how's it going, Mike? It's good. It's good. Oh, good, Mike. Start the episode. <laughs> it's good, man. Just started a new job. Happy with it. Cool. I'm out of the pepperoni roll game. Um, I've so. heard a lot of upset people about that. Yeah. I know. People like their pepperoni rolls, Twitter man. I understand, you know. Starting to petition. A blaze. They're right. starting to petition. Let Mike... Go back to the pepperoni roll factory because we missed the pepperoni. I'm sorry, not enough si- not enough signatures could get me to go back. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing, getting ready for this uh, holiday season. Uh, I'm starting to write a list of movies I need to watch, all that fun stuff, you know. So everything's good. And uh, it was really funny. I was talking to uh, Moth Girl Bonnie earlier, and uh, she's she's like, I'm like, what movies do you want to watch for Halloween? And she's like, Scream. I know what she did last summer. Halloween. Yeah. Um, pretty much every stabby movie out there was no like ghost movie or monster movie. It was all just the stabbing movies. So I'm gonna have to get some ghost movies in there. Yeah, I think. you got like Hocus um, Pocus. Yeah, she said Hocus Pocus too. Actually, so. Casper meets Wendy. Casper. Casper, no, no, the Casper, first one. Casper meets Wendy specifically. Yeah. Meets uh, Wendy's. So yeah. Meets Wendy's. Yeah, <laughs> Halloween Town Five. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Alien. Mom's got a date with a vampire. Hell yeah. Yep. All right, everybody. All. Here we go with the, the spooktacular. Gather around. Grab your candy corn. Um, today, we will be reading stories from the Telltale, Lilac Bush, and other West Virginia ghost tales by Ruth Ann Music. Is this oh, Matt's real? got his candy. My candy yeah, corn, He's got baby. his candy. I also um, think these stories. It's... Sorry. Continue. These stories are like um, stories, obviously, around West Virginia, passed down from people to people. Uh, you know, a lot of them are historical stories, but kind of creepy enough. So history, history we, is scary. It is scary because yes, anything that's school scary. related is also, scary to me. <laughs> also, to point it out, I'm in front of a literal. I'm like, uh, I have like a little candle in front of me, and I and all the lights are off, and I'm 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 in the mood right now. So we're good. We're good to go here. So and he accidentally set his notes on fire, so it's gonna be all free. I did. Now. So this is gonna be tough. I'm just gonna make things up here. So here we go. 
So that's, that's the Moth Boys podcast in a nutshell. I'm just gonna make things <laughs> up the podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. So um, before we get into some of the stories, I've you know um, I'm gonna do a little background uh, behind the author and a little bit about the book. So I'll kick in right to that. Cool. So Ruth Ann Music was born in Kirksville, Missouri. She received a Bachelor of Science degree in education from Kirk- Kirksville State University. Uh, Kirksville State Teachers College in 1919. Sounds so, fake. Already, 1919 Missouri? wasn't even a year, dude. wasn't yeah. even wasn't even a year. Missouri wasn't um, part of the union until 1987, <laughs> bro. <laughs> her ma- her master of, of science in, in mathematics from State University of Iowa in 1928, and she continued her education at the State University of Iowa, graduating with a master of science in mathematics in 1928. Um, and then in 1938, she would be- begin her doctoral study at the State University at Iowa. So super smart, obviously smarter. I don't even know half the words well, in that, that, that well, paragraph well, well. there. So let's pump the brakes. Smart. Yes. It's in <clears throat> Iowa. You know what uh, I mean? I, I don't I know think, much about I Iowa. Think, see, I, I know a bit it, about Iowa, and I I think I think a chimp could have gotten its PhD at uh, <laughs> Iowa State. Here's the thing. People from Iowa are so dumb. They thought the Van Meter Van Meter visitor was a creature, but it really was just a bat shadow. A but bat was, shadow. That's was, right. It was literally just a couple from France. Yeah, you stupid idiots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Iowa, you stupid idiots. We know someone who lives in Iowa, don't we? We do. Jeremiah. Sorry about that, Bigfoot Society. Um, so, um, she did her doctoral study. It was here that her interest in folklore developed. She was granted a doctor of f- f- philosophy in English in 1943. In 1946, she moved to West Virginia to accept a teaching position at Fairmont State College, which is now Fairmont State University, where she continued to teach until her retirement in May 1967. She felt that the Appalachian region surrounding the college was ripe for fieldwork in folklore and the college in need of course on folk literature. She laid out a program of research, and the college's first uh, folklore course was inaugurated in 1948. Cool. So, that's pretty cool, I thought, you know? Yeah, that is Yeah. Cool. In 1950, she revived the state's Folklore Society, which was dormant since 1917, and in 1951 became the founding editor of West Virginia Folklore, serving in that capacity until her retirement in 1967. She wrote two folklore columns for West Virginia newspapers, The Old Folks Say for the Times West Virginian in Fairmont, and Sassafras Tea for the Allegheny <laughs> Journal in Elkins and Marlinton. Sassafras Tea. Sassafras Tea. That was my favorite ska band in 1997. Is that the name of an author? Sassafras Tea? No. It was the name of a of a um like a magazine type thing. Mm. Um so she would make numerous conference appearances, publishing regularly in a wide variety of journals, offering workshops and public presentations, and giving talks on radios and television. She was also active as a po- poet and a writer of short stories. Although little of her fiction was published, she continued writing this as well as collecting and publishing folklore. Her fiction weaves folk beliefs into the narrative. Throughout her life, Music was a passionate activist on behalf of animals. She was a vegetarian from the age of six. Justice for Native Americans and environmental causes. Activist in her writings against mountaintop removal mining, acid rain, and other issues. So she was like, Sick. she was cool before. She was cool before it was cool, man. You know what she I mean? She was a badass. She was a badass woman. 
Um, Dr. Music was diagnosed, sadly, with spinal cancer on November 8th, 1973, and died July 2nd, 1974, in Fairmont, West Virginia, at age 76. In the interest of medical progress, she had allowed herself to be subjected to experimental treatments. Her papers are now archived in the West Virginia Folklife Center at Fairmount State. In 1980, the university library was renamed in her honor. So, and as you know, we had the um, the Folklife Center at our at our event, Cryptid Bash. Mm-hmm. They came, and uh, you know, she, a lot of her stuff is in in that in the in that museum and stuff. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. So she was in Fairmont. Fairmont, like I'm in Morgantown. Fairmont's just a it's the next town over, essentially. So it's like right there. That's where Veggie Man is from, you know. So yep. Yeah. It's like a it's it's a hip it's a hip jump skip scop scotch away a, a yep. stone's mm-hmm. throw a stone's throw there you not go a that's hip, a, not a hip as jump the raven scotch as the raven flies you know um as the world turns baby uh, as, <laughs> as the world turns so just a little bit about the book i don't have much but so the telltale lilac bush and other west virginia ghost tales is a collection of 100 folklore and ghost stories compiled by ruth and music the tales surround ghost stories from around the Marion County area in northern West Virginia. A sequel volume entitled Coffin Hollow and Other Ghost Tales is also available and adds another 96 stories to the collection. The original book was published in 1965 as a hardbound book while subsequent printings were paperback. The paperback version is still in print and widely available throughout Appalachia today. So that's what I have about the book. It's just it's just a big, it's legendary here in West Virginia, this book. It's like a... I know scary stories to tell in the dark for West Virginians. So they're you know? all fake, like scary stories to tell in the dark. These are all fake. Exactly. Stories. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait for the real. movie. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? <clears throat> I think we should stop the episode here. Honestly. Yeah. They're all fake. So, Buy the book. <laughs> or wait till the movie comes out. Wait till the movie comes out. And it's just, that movie was James so bad. James Cameron. Oh, man. James Cameron? Yeah. Just touch that shit. <laughs> James Cameron directs it. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's get into some of these stories, huh? So, out of the hundred, I chose ten stories. There's a lot of stories in there. It's a hundred stories, so like, are I these had to top? My- are these top ten in your opinion, or geez? in my opinion? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, th- I think a couple this of them is are Mike's like top ten, right? And I think a couple of them are like go-to stories out of the book too. So, I mean, so here we go, boys. You ready to get scaredied, scaredy cats? Oh yeah. Okay. All right, so the first story we have is the mysterious horseshoe. Ooh, I thought yeah. horseshoes are lucky, not mysterious. <laughs> well, well, you're, you're going to find out here. That's where you're My boy. Wrong. Yep, that's where you're on. Grab around the fire, boys. Get your candy corn. Jake, you like candy corn? Hell no. Okay. Oh, I okay. love candy corn. Anyways, here we go. In the hamlet of Tattletown, there lived two lovely young women, Mary Angle and Rachel Hodge. They were both courted by James K. Henry. James Henry had a hard time deciding which one to marry, but he finally chose Mary Angle. So he married both. (laughs) Nope. And moved to Utah. Yeah, went to to Utah. Utah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So he, he finally chose Mary Angle, and in January, he and Mary were married. Some 13 months later... Mary died in childbirth. Mm, hmm <laughs> And James Hen <laughs> and, <laughs> and James Henry was 
James Henry sorrowfully erected a marker on her grave. Three years later, James Henry married the other girl, Rachel Hodge. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how she felt about that. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) She's always been second. She was waiting for him three years, so I don't know how I feel about that. Um, Within a week after the marriage, a mysterious shape appeared on Mary's tombstone. It looked like a horseshoe. Shortly after the appearance of the strange horseshoe mark, James Henry went to his barn to do some chores, and was kicked to death by Mary's pet riding mare. Oh, hell yeah. It was kicked to death. There are those who say that at night the horseshoe on the tombstone glows, and and that there has appeared with its border the outline of two female figures apparently quarreling. What causes this? No one knows. But the horseshoe mark, now eaten through the stone... Still remains to this day. The end. So this guy was so. This guy must have been something special if he had right. two two girls. girls competing over him. Yes. Right. Like so, right. was he like? Was he just like? Um, did he have like all of his teeth or something or like? <laughs> well, I think. Know. Well, here's the thing, Matt. You have this. <laughs> those, that's hear those wooden teeth. That's that's nice <laughs> he to had think. His wooden teeth. That's good to think and all, Matt, but you also have to realize that he got kicked to death by a horse. So he didn't so have he it all going on. He so lo- he lost all of his teeth. <laughs> he lost everything. He lost everything in that one. You know what I mean? So you, so the story is you can still see the two women fighting over the man to this day? Yeah, the outline on the tombstone is the two women quarreling over the man, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So not only was that so. one of the first ghost stories in West Virginia history, it was also the first episode mm-hmm. of Jerry Springer. There you go. Oh my gosh, Jake. That's a Moth Boys exclusive right there. It's Moth Boys exclusive. I, I know <laughs> I know I'm not a research guy, but I, I did right. the research for this. Right, you did Gary, the research for it. And, Gary, Gary. Yeah. No, his name was James. 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 All right. Story number two, boys. That was the first one. That this story. This this one is called Hunting Friends. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, that's, brother. That's it. We'll go back that's to the six-pack, okay. me and my hunting friends. Yeah. <laughs> two, two young men had a lodge not far from Newburgh, where they would spend a few days together every year during the deer season. They were very good friends, but they both fell in love with and courted the same girl. Finally, she decided to marry one of them, Tom Ellis. At that, Jack Clayton, the other man, became jealous and bitter and ended what could have been a lifelong friendship. However, several months after the marriage, Mrs. Ellis prompted Clayton to visit them and resume their friendship with her husband. Everything worked out fine and just in time for the next hunting season. The two men, arm in arm, <laughs> this part is, let me just, okay. I don't, this is, I don't know how to quit this, that's all I have yeah, to this, say. Yeah, this part made me laugh because the two men, arm in arm, went off together to their old lodge. <laughs> that just makes me laugh. Like, they're just, like, everything is wonderful. Yeah, everything is wonderful for these dudes now. So, until so we got killed the two by men, <laughs> the two men, arm in arm, went off together to their old lodge. A few days later, Clayton came out of the woods alone. He said his friend had got lost. A search party went out, but didn't find any traces of Tom Ellis. The state police thought there was something odd about the whole thing, in view of Clayton's earlier bitterness, but they could not prove anything. So the case was dismissed. The following season, Clayton went back to his camp with a new hunting partner. Oh, so he, he's 
he's got a new partner already. Oh. So arm, arm, and arm, arm and arm. Arm and arm. Arm and arm. Yep. It had been a long trip, and so the first night there, the new man went to bed early. He was jolted awake by Clayton's screaming voice saying, Don't do it, Tom. Please, don't do it. Don't do it, Tom. Please don't. Yes. Clayton's new hunting partner turned the light on and found Clayton sprawled on the floor. A hunting knife stuck in his heart. His mm. face, a mask of fright. The following spring, police found Alice's body buried not far from camp, with Clayton's hunting knife deep in his heart. There has never Ooh. been a definite answer to this case. The people from Preston County let you solve the murder of Jack Clayton to suit yourself. Ooh. The end. Wait, they found him with the dude's knife in it? In him? So he with got the, killed by the knife that he killed the person with. Right. Yep. That's what I think so too. By the right. ghost, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that he so the killed ghost his killed friend. Him? Yeah. He killed his friend, buried him. The next yep. year he went. And yep. in the yep. middle of the night, he was killed by the ghost with a hunting knife that he yep. used to kill his oh, friend. The yeah, dude. Oh. That's some wild shit, man. That's why that is. I know. I know, Matt, you're on an Iowa level of comprehension. So I had to explain (laughs) that to you. Yeah. I'm from from Van Meter, Iowa. All right, boys. Here's the next one. Okay. I have a question quickly. Okay. What's the question? Yeah. So these stories were presented as real and then passed down. I believe so. Yes. That sounds like legends. These are not, these are not, these are supposed to be nonfiction in quote. I mean, right when they yeah. were right. first told, right they were told they were presented as truth. Yes, yeah. These, I think, Legends, you know, these, yeah. all, all I know is that you know these stories have been passed down. She found these stories, and I think she rewrote them in her own ways. You know, so what, it's are, are we are we sure this is actually folklore and not just her fiction? Yeah, this mm. is actual. This is actual folklore. Okay. Yeah, she collected all this stuff. Okay, just need to know. I just need to know. You want to know? You want to know the legi- legitimacy? Well, I just don't know if like we're supposed to like suspend our disbelief or right. whatnot. So I'm glad. So this is one of my favorite stories. There's there's two stories in here that I really love. So this is the first one. This one's called the Telltale Lilac Bush. That's the book's name. It's the book's name. Yes, good, um, Jake. Good. I graduated from an <laughs> Iowa level. I'm at a Missouri level now, baby. An old man and woman once lived by themselves along the Tiger Valley River. There had been trouble between them for many years. Few people visited them, and it was not immediately noticed that the wife had unaccountably disappeared. People suspected that the old man had killed her, but her body could not be found, and the question was dropped. The old man lived a gay life after his wife's disappearance, until one night when a group of young men were sitting on his porch talking of all the parties which the old man was giving. While they were talking, a large lilac bush growing nearby began beating on the window pane and beckoning towards them as though it were trying to tell them something. No one would have thought anything of this if the wind had been blowing. But there was no wind, not even a small breeze. Paying no attention to the old man's protest, the young men dug up the lilac bush. They were stunned when the roots were found to be growing from the palm of a woman's hand. The old man screamed, the old man screamed and ran down the hill towards the river, never to be seen again. Matt, old man screaming. Dang, that's spooky. That's very ominous, yeah. 
<laughs> so he went down. To, he ran. He ran down to the river and <laughs> made that. That's sound cool. I mean, I, the the two stories that I really enjoy from this um, are very like descriptive. They're very like spooky. Like they were stunned when the roots scary. were found to be. They they were stunned when the roots were found to be growing from the palm of a of a woman's hand. There's no ghost out of that. Well, I mean, uh, there's there's a lilac. Spooky, there's a lilac bush that's grown out of a woman's hand. That's kind of strange. Yeah. I'm not impressed. Next. That this one is called. Much. I want spooktacular. Uncle Tom, Uncle Tom Howe. Okay. That that's what scary. the story is called. Okay. <laughs> it's already ready for you. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> In the small coal mining town of Copen lived a man by the, by the name of Uncle Tom Howe and his wife. Uncle Tom made his living by farming. Both he and his wife were hardworking people, and when they started a job, they didn't stop for a rest until it was finished. It was autumn, and the leaves on the trees had just begun to turn brown. Uncle Tom Howe decided it was time to cut his large crop of wheat. Wheat was cut in this part of the country by harvesters, who came around to each farm with with mowing machines. After several days, the harvesters finally came, and on this day, Uncle Tom's wife was very sick. The men were working in the fields when Tom heard his wife call for him. Matt? Oh! Oh! Uncle Tom! Hello! That's good, yes. Uncle Tom! It's not Uncle Tom. It's Uncle Tom Howe. Oh! Uncle Tom Tom Howe! Uncle Tom Howe! Uncle Tom... (laughs) Uncle... Uncle Tom... (laughs) He continued to work, but after she had called several more times, he went to see what was wrong. She was in bed, crying with anger, when Tom came in. She asked him to please go and find a doctor, but Tom only shook his head. He said that the wheat had to be cut that day, and walked back into the fields. <laughs> he's, he's, he's cold. He's, he's cold-hearted. Wait, so does, wow. his wife, does his wife call him Uncle Tom as well, or is she on a Tom basis with him? <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's just, I think it's just Tom. I don't okay, think it's just okay. Tom. Or Tommy. She's, I don't know. Whatever you want. She's wanna. the only one. She's the only one around to call him that. <laughs> right. right. So, she, so he, you know, he's like not having it. She's like, no, thank you. I got to do my work, honey. Um, so he walked out back to the fields. After the work was finished, he went into the house and found his wife dead. Oh. Uncle, uncle, <laughs> uncle, Tom, <laughs> uncle Tom's Tom. wife. Uncle Tom's wife had been a good piano player. She used to play for him every evening. And he was never allowed to forget that he had not gone for a doctor when she was so sick. Every night after her death, the piano would play very loudly all by itself. Finally, he was driven insane and had to be put in an asylum. Ooh, nice. <laughs> if you, if, if, here's the thing about these boys. These are very old school horror stories where it's like, this happens, this happens, this happens. And then somebody dies or goes to prison or a mental asylum. And then it's the end. It's very like... <laughs> Person dies, person uh, does something else, and then it ends. It's just like very like formulaic. Very these right. stories. So he he went crazy because of the piano, correct? Yes, because it's what song? What song do you think she was playing? Hot cross buns. <laughs> <laughs> she only knew hot cross buns and jingle bells, <laughs> just over and over again. Or the Jaws theme theme song. It's like dun 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 dun. I uh, yeah, just only- came out a year after that story happened. Uh, I just right. want you to know. So sorry, Matt. A year, yeah. a I think year it was hot. after a single year. <laughs> I think it was hot cross, cross buns. buns. <laughs> All right. Okay. This story. So let's go. This story is called "Return of the Headless Man." 
Ooh, uh, headless okay. men. Now this yep, is you like headless men. Here we go. One day, as the men were trying to clear a certain area of timber in the backwoods of Barber County, a worker got too close to a circular saw. He saw his danger too late, and before he could move, the blade tore into his neck. <laughs> Blood flew everywhere. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Blood flew everywhere, spraying the surrounding trees and ground with a red blanket. The man's head dropped to the ground like a coconut from a tree. Matt, Matt, I need that impression. Of the guy getting his head cut off or no, the of coconut the, of, falling of on the, the ground? Of the head falling like a coconut. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that yeah. was good, yeah. That was that tasteful, was good. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. You've yep. really taken it to the next level. I know. Instead, <laughs> I, instead, of, going, instead of going like, ah! into the mic, I actually tried. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he just regressed again right before I arrived. He really did. I thought we were doing good. No. Okay, so the man, so the man's head dropped to the ground like a coconut from a tree. His body whirled three times and then fell against a hollow log. No one could. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's very violent. No one could move because everyone was stunned by the accident. After the men finally recovered from the shock, they made arrangements to have the mangled body removed to a funeral home. It was several months before the memory of the accident faded from their minds. One night in the quiet logging camp, as a night watchman made the rounds, checking the equipment and watching for thieves, he saw the figure of a man standing in in the exact spot of the accident. Caught by surprise, he froze for a few minutes. As soon as he had recovered sufficiently, he started walking towards the figure. He was shocked to see the same person that had been killed a few months before. Just then, the figure disappeared, and the watchman turned and ran to town to report the headless man's return. Night after night, the same thing would happen. One night, the watchman shot at the figure to see if that would stop him, (laughs) but it didn't. The man would just vanish into the night. There we go. West Virginia, baby. Then about a month later, a forest fire burned down all the woods, including the logging camp. So the loggers moved on to another location. Just for curiosity, the loggers came back to see if the man was still there. He wasn't. The general opinion of the woodsman was that the dead man had gotten his revenge, and now he was happy. Wait, so this this man—that's scary. That one is that scary. Is scary. That, that is was scary. pretty scary. Yeah, that it's violent, violent though. Scary. I mean, yeah, that was yeah. spectacular. You but like that this one. guy? This guy's sort of a dick. I, I know you got your head cut <laughs> off, but Smoky Bear is going to be pissed. Don't yeah. start forest fires, don't, brother. Yeah, don't burn all up West West Virginia. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What the hell? God, I felt I bad know, for him. He was a sympathetic headless man, but then he turned right. into the villain at the end. Not because he was headless freak, but because he started right. a forest fire. Because he that started a forest fire. Exactly. That was that my favorite one. one so far. Real quick. Yeah. All right. This one is called Old Gopher. <laughs> I like this one too. <laughs> yeah, he likes it already. He likes good. it already. Okay. About 1890, John Sweeney, a prosperous cattle buyer and owner of one of the biggest farms in the northwestern Shinston area, lived in a large two-story brick house in Shinston. One day, he heard of some fine cattle in the lower part of West Virginia for sale at a very reasonable price. And taking some money from the bank, he set out to buy them. He had told all his friends where he was going, so the whole town of Shinston and the outlying communities knew of the proposed trip. So, everybody, when when it says all of his friends, it means... The whole town and the town over, because he's so popular, I guess. So, I guess those are all his nice. friends. Nice, wow. Like, the whole town, yeah. Oh, Shack-level popularity. Yeah. Exactly. He's, he's a popular Rogan. dude. Joe I wish Rogan our podcast level. was as popular as this man. <laughs> <laughs> all 
Uh, so they knew of the proposed trip. What they did not know was the amount of money he would have with him. Ooh. Mr. Sweeney started on his trip about the first week in March. Ordinarily, he should have been back in about two weeks or a month at the most. When he had not returned in about six weeks, his friends began to worry about him. They wrote letters to the stockyard where he, he was to buy the cattle. About a week later, a letter arrived at the mayor's office in Shinston, saying that no one of the stockyard had ever seen Mr. Sweeney. This news shocked the whole area. What could have happened? On the 30th of April, a strange occurrence was reported. Ben Ashcraft said he was driving his team of horses across a stream that went through the Sweeney place. When he got in the middle of the bridge, a black figure tried to stop Ooh. the wagon. The, the, the figure jumped on the wagon as the horses fled. It told Mr. Ashcraft that it would not rest until the day that Mr. Sweeney's murderer was drowned in the stream. Ooh. It, de- it, it then disappeared. It From was then on, it, it was <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> From then on, the same thing happened to every man that went over the bridge. Whenever young boys would cross the bridge, they would not be able to eat for two or three days if they had seen old gopher as the ghost was called. These kids are these kids are soft. If I saw <laughs> old gopher, the first thing I would do is eat because I'd be so stressed. I'm a stress eater. <laughs> like if I saw old gopher, I'd be going to the local convenience store, buying a six pack of little Debs and having my way <laughs> with them. Was this was this fake was this person was was this entity the size of a go is was it what what was yeah the gopher yeah what, no. why is the gopher why is he called gopher um because he jumps I'm not sure. gophers jump i don't know Says, do, do gophers i guess yeah. jump? i guess yeah so maybe that's what it is it if was called gopher, gopher bridge so if if you know if you know that gophers can jump email us at mothboyspodcast at gmail.com yes. because we don't know <laughs> um so these were not the only mysterious things to happen. Strange things were seen at the Sweeney house. Cows would sail around the house. Old gopher, old gopher and a witch would fly about in the trees. Men would walk in line carrying their heads in their hands. Books would move from one table to another in the library. A man with a knife in his heart and a chain around his neck would lie in a chair screaming. Matt. Honestly, if any time to yeah. do the full gutter <laughs> royale, was, yeah. that was yeah. the time. <laughs> right. So there's. You just think you come home and there's a dude with a knife in his heart rocking in your chair, just screaming all night. <laughs> so this is all the, all this weird stuff's happening around the house. There's, there's cows flying everywhere. There's witches flying around. Yeah. Um. So no fire or even a pipe could be li- to, could be lighted on this property. Every time anyone would attempt to set foot on the bridge, he would see old gopher crying in the middle of it. <laughs> One day, a man who had never been seen by anyone in the area was found drowned in the stream. Around his neck were wounds like those that might be left by a vampire. <laughs> what? What the hell is going on? The story the story's insane. I'm kinda, I kind of threw this one in because it's batshit. You know what I mean? What's the best? So, Witches. Flying cows, headless horsemen, vampires, yeah. a gopher man, <laughs> yeah, a gopher man, vampires. <laughs> so, so that same day, the Sweeney place mysteriously burned down. The fire destroyed the entire farm, although it never so so much as burned a blade of grass on neighboring farms. 
old old golfer had revenged his murder as he said he would. The end. Did he murder someone in that fire? Um, well, whoever that bit, uh, he could have been the vampire. They found the body of that guy. <laughs> so old gopher is a vampire. It could so be. I mean, old gopher is a yeah, vampire. He's a vampire. That was so, that story's that's wild, right? That's spooktacular neat. That, right? That's spooktacular. He's got all the is, main ingredients. Flying cows, vampires. Headless I don't know why I thought of Twister or maybe that little vampires movie with the flying vampire cows. Little vampires, yeah. Little vampires. Yeah. Is that Jonathan Lipnicki? <laughs> it is. That's a good movie, man. Put yeah, that in my five, list. Five stars. <laughs> yep. Mall All right. approved. That was a good one. That I don't was know a good why one, right? you saved that for last. <laughs> Sorry about that. The Headless Man. Oh, around nineteen. Okay. Another yeah. There's a lot of headless stuff in these stories. Yeah, it's a big, big thing in all the ghost stories. Um, around 1915, there used to be a long chain hanging down over the Baltimore and Ohio track at the, the depot in Fairmont to signal the engineer when to slow down. Do your the chain, chain would hit low? So- Do they wobble to and fro? <laughs> Can you tie it? Wait, in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? I think that was a that's song. right. Yeah, it was, but it, it did it say that? Did it say something else? A little thing, you know, Moth Boys listeners. If you know what the Chains Hang Low song goes like, email us and let us know. Yeah, Moth Boys Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> the chain would hit some part of the train, and the noise would signal the engineer. One evening, about dusk, one of the train men was on top of one of the cars. Oh God! He wasn't paying any attention to what was ahead, and he didn't see the chain hanging over the track. The chain hit him just over the shoulders and wrapped around his neck. It snapped his head off and he fell to the ground. Holy the shit. train went on because the train went on because nobody at the time knew what had happened. Later, when they learned about the accident, the railroad officials removed the chain. People who would be working walking the track about dusk where the cabin where the chain had hung would see a lantern ahead. The closer they got to the lantern, the better they could see the figure of a man. And sure enough, the man didn't have a head. As they got closer, they could see the headless man cross the track and then disappear. Ooh. Joe Board didn't believe in such things, so he decided to see for himself. But one night, as he walked down the track, he saw the lantern and the headless man. Everyone thought this was the train man looking for his missing head. So Mr. Joe Board, who was a who's late character in that story, was just walking the tracks, essentially, I guess. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a there's a lot of that though is like um like uh in old train yards there's a, there's a, a lot of ghost stories and and sp- specifically train men that have lost their head or lost limbs lost you know yeah uh and they're just looking for it they're i've cuz i've heard multiple stories like ghost stories about train men with their heads missing heads missing right yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a fascination with the old school ghost stories. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have three more boys. <clears throat> okay. Well, we guess I don't know. I how many more headless horsemen things? Headless um, men things. No, we're good. I mean, that's it. That's the last one. No more headless men. Okay. No. Oh, you good on headless men? I don't know. I like I like a headless man story, but I feel like we had three characters with hat, no heads, with, without so. heads. Right. <laughs> I feel like that's I feel like that's the limit for one episode. <laughs> So this is my other favorite story because um, it's I don't know the, the description in it I like I enjoy. This okay. one's called this one's called Rose Run. 
So this is one of Mike's favorites. So Matt, you and I this have to is. shit on it no matter what. Yeah. The river runs red. Yep. Is that so Michael Rose McDonald? Far- <laughs> no, it was Life of Agony, but I was okay. trying to sing it in a, in you a, sound like Michael a McDonald. McDonald voice. <laughs> I thought Matt was doing a Michael McDonald. <laughs> he should have. I was. I was. Okay, this story is called Rose Run. Far back on Bunner's Ridge, close to Morgantown, there is a run, as all of the little valleys in the areas are called. It was and still is referred to as Rose Run. The name came from the wild roses that once covered the valley and choked out everything. In this small valley once dwelt some of the better off farmers at the ridge. One of the richer, prouder farmers had a beautiful daughter whose name was Rose. In spite of her father's objection, she loved a city boy. One night, while she was with her lover at a dance, her father shot at the young man. But the bullet hit and killed Rose. The father swore the young man had killed her. The other farmers naturally believed him. And the young man was hanged shortly afterward. Still filled with bitterness, the father took the girl's body and buried it in a remote spot on his farm. Soon, however, from her grave sprang a multitude of wild roses that seemed to spread like wildfire, choking the very sunlight from the soil. In a short time, the whole farm was covered, and then the valley too. The roses are gone now, but the story remains. So you like these sort of romantic ones? These I think I like ones. I like the descriptive ones. Like it's very like I get images in my head from these ones. You know what I mean? Like a big. Yeah. I can see a I can see a valley with a bunch of roses on it. And that makes me that makes me feel. Ooh, that's scary. You know, that's what I feel. How's like. it? How, roses aren't scary. But they Those all came forms. from a they came from a dead woman though, essentially, because yeah, she was yeah. mad. She was an upset uh, ghost. That's cool. so. Yeah. So boys, um, these next two are not. Uh, really ghost stories. Um, Ruth Ann, um, she also wrote about weird creatures of West Virginia. Ooh. So, so these next two are um, creature stories, essentially. So, for, this first one is called... She didn't write these. She's just retelling these. Retelling, yeah. Ret- I want to yeah. point that out. These are not yeah. written by her. They're retold by her. Re- yeah. I guess you could... Yeah, that works. Well, because, look, she didn't create these. We We got to let people, you know... Yeah, this is but I mean, she she wrote them in her own words, though. She yeah, re- yeah she's retelling them, I guess, is what. But these aren't her stories, right? No, 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 no. Yep, no. These that's are that's why I'm definitely- not, I was confused for the longest time. I'm still right. confused, but just go. They're scary. Let's go. This one is called the White Thing, as you know, West Virginia A White Thing. There you go. Yeah. The night the night was damp and chill, and the forest stood dark and ominous as four elderly fox hunters sat hovering over a glowing mass of red embers. As if affected by their surroundings, the conversation drifted to supernatural legends. Many tales were told, but most of them centered on the white thing, which supposedly inhabited the very region where they were now resting. One of the men related an actual experience as told by his grandmother, who had lived nearby. She had taken her her favorite mare to church one Saturday night, years ago. As she was riding back within two miles of her home, she heard an un- unearthly scream. Wait, no. <laughs> ah, ah. Would you want me to do this? I want you to do just... a scream like Michael McDonald. There we go. There we that go. Was, that, was that was great. <laughs> that was great. 
Okay. Truly, so she, um, truly elevated, Matt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the mare bolted and thrashed her hoofs into the air. That was when she saw the white thing. A raging bundle of white bursting out of the woods besides her. It appeared to be much larger than a dog, yet not nearly a horse's size. Bearing a coat of pure white fur and razor-sharp teeth that jutted out outward from a gigantic mouth. It moved on all fours and screamed like a woman in terrible agony. Desperately, the girl spurred her mare on, and finally the monster drifted back into the darkness behind her. At length, she came to her land in an outlying barn. In her haste to reach the house, which was still a good distance away, she left the mare untied and the barn door ajar. Seconds later, with a sigh of thankfulness, she entered the sanctuary of her home. The following morning, she and her, her father planned to search for the animal's tracks, but at the barn they found her mare crumpled awkwardly against the door. Most of the flesh was torn from its bones, and a look of sheer, of stark terror was on its face. The end. Whoa. That's that cool. was cool as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That That's white a thing. spooky one. That's a good yeah. one, right? Yeah, and also just it just I don't know. I have nothing clever to say. That was that was <laughs> that's that, a good that's, one, right? That's 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 spooktacular. That's what I'll say. That's spook that's spooky. You're getting me into the Halloween spirit, Mike. You're doing a good job. <laughs> My heart's grown ever so slightly. All right, so the last story we have for you boys is called I think you should have gone with that one last, but that was a good one. This might can... be good. We'll see. We'll okay, see. Okay, okay, okay. This this one's called Shiny Eyes. This one's called Shiny Eyes. <laughs> Shiny eyes. <laughs> My father. <laughs> My father, born in Italy and the oldest of four children, decided to do something to help the family. And in 1913, he came to the United States. Relatives from the Pennsylvania coal fields were waiting in New York City to take him back with them. They found him a job, and he immediately went to work in an anthracite mine located in Ligonier, Pennsylvania, and owned and operated by a Colonel Thomas. During the first year that he worked at the drift mine, a strange animal started appearing. It would walk to the mouth of the slope, look inside, then turn around and go back to its lair in the mountain. About 15 minutes after the animal had appeared, two or three men would get killed by a slate fall. The animal was about 8 feet long, 5 feet high, and about the same color as a mouse. It had two large eyes that shone like the headlights of a powerful automobile. Because of its two large eyes, the animal came to be known as shiny eyes. As many as ten men at one time had shot at it, as it slowly and warily walked from the mountain to the mine, and then from the mine back to the mountain. They cannot seem to hurt or kill shiny eyes, because it would just turn around, look at the men who were shooting at it, and then proceed to its mountain lair. This began to trouble the miners as well as the mine owner. Something had to be done to rid the community of the bad luck, which was shiny eyes. The only solution was to get rid of shiny eyes. Colonel Thomas thought that he could make the necessary arrangements to do this. He made a deal with two brothers, Bill and Jack Robinson, who were supposed to be the meanest men in the mining town. <laughs> yeah, well, they haven't met Jake and I, so... Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He, he offered each of them $300 in cash if they would kill Shiny Eyes. He would also give each one of them a high-powered rifle, a jug of whiskey, and pay them a day's wages. The two brothers accepted the offer, 
got their supplies together, and proceeded to, to a small shack that was located along the trail that Shiny Eyes always used. There they waited for it to appear, but before long, they had consumed their whiskey and were drunk. <laughs> Jack decided to go into town and purchase another gallon of whiskey and left Bill Listen, at the shack the to watch for Shiny Eyes. <laughs> there it was, standing in the doorway with its two shining eyes brightly glaring. It was not concerned with Bill and proceeded to the mine. When Jack returned to the shack, he found Bill lying on the floor. He revived Bill and the two and the two then prepared to shoot Shiny Eyes as they returned to the mountain. Meanwhile, Shiny Eyes had gone to the mine and walked down the slope about 50 yards, turned around, and walked out. When it got outside, it looked down the slope once more. It then turned around and started walking back to its mountain lair. As it started up the mountain trail, Bill and Jack started shooting at it, but the bullets from the high-powered rifles did not seem to bother it. About an hour after Shiny, Shiny Eyes appeared, the mine exploded and 22 men were killed. This was the worst explosion that had ever occurred in the mine. But afterwards, Shiny Eyes was never was neither seen nor heard of again. That's the, uh, oh, that's that's the story. Cool. Of Shiny Eyes, a harbinger of doom. Harbinger a of true, doom? Yes. Yeah. Har- also, true people harbinger who doom. make merch, make anything. I want some, I want some Shiny Eyes merch. So that's pretty cool, shit. right? I want to see uh, Strangeology do a shiny eyes shirt. There you go. Yeah, so those are the those are the ten stories by Ruth Ann Music, the Telltale Lilac Bush. Um, that, that was that's just a small taste of hundred the hundred different stories in there. There are all kinds of stories, yeah. man. Buy the so, book, you got ninety know. more. Yeah, the, yeah, and then you buy the second one. There's ninety six more. You know, there's yeah. So that's a hundred and eighty six yeah. stories that <laughs> we've not told. That's a lot of stories that a lot of violent stuff happens and then it just ends. You know. So. It's 186 stories. 172 of them have headless men in them. Yeah. The rest are, are uh, unique. Right. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the first episode of the Spooktacular. There you guys go. Hope you guys were spooked. I love um, that book. Everyone needs everyone needs Yeah, go to pick it up. It. It's It's awesome. a fun little book, man. Mm-hmm. It takes you back to the days of like when you were young and reading these kind of stories, you know what I mean? Like uh I don't know, that's how it does for me at least, you know, they're um this, the, a lot of the stories are small, they're short, and they kind of just get to the point. And I think that's that's what's fun about them, you know? Yeah. They're still violent. They are pretty violent. What's your, what was your favorite story of the night, boys? Let's do that instead of if it's real or not. So what's your favorite story? What about you, Matt? Let's go with Matt first. Jake is thinking, it looks like. White yeah. thing. The white thing? Yeah. Yeah, the white thing story was incredibly spooky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one was probably my favorite. <sighs> cool. I I liked Rose Run. I liked the imagery in that one. It, it's a uh, it's very old and gothic and like you said, kind of romantic almost, Jake. So like, yeah. I like the imagery. Lover. Yeah, yeah. I'm like the imagery of that. So, what about okay, you, Jake? So what was the other one you really liked? Oh, uh, I, I like the Telltale Lilac Bush. It's another like okay. That's so the one where the my, bush is growing from her hand or whatever. Here's my rankings. Okay. The worst ones were the Telltale Lilac Bush and uh-huh. the Rose One. And the Rose Run. Okay. Understandable. <laughs> and then yep. All the other ones were really good. But then the one with the witch, the vampire. <laughs> the cow's that flying. That one was crazy. That one's number one. Uncle, that is, that, that, Uncle Tom Howe, that was called. That is straight up spooktacular. It was... <laughs> It's like the third act and just like some batshit B movie. Yeah, it really like, is, dude. 
cows flying, witches, <laughs> vampires, a gopher man. It's what's he called? Gopher? Old gopher? Gopher. Old oh, gopher, yeah. And we have don't know why he's called that. <laughs> which makes it even scarier because we don't right? know why he's called it's that's truly unsettling. That's right? spectacular. What about yeah. what about you, Mike? What's your favorite? Oh, you already said. I like the rose the rose one. I just like that. I like that. I think it's cool. So cool. Yeah. Um that yeah, that's it, boys. I mean, do we have any uh um shout outs or reviews or anything? We got a couple of events I can I can uh do some I events. Can, yeah. I think we have some reviews. Yeah, okay. Um so October Saturday, October 9th, we have the WV Case Expo at the uh in Morgantown, West Virginia. And that's happening from ten AM to six PM. That should be that should be a fun little event. And then in one second here. Wild and Weird Con we have uh Wild and Weird Con twenty twenty one, which is November fifth and sixth, um, which is happening in Chapmanville, West Virginia. And that is uh yeah, so that's November fifth and sixth. We'll be at both of those events. And that's all we have for right now. Uh no, Matt, do we have another one, Matt? Decepticon. Yeah, we got in November we got Crypticon. Crypticon, right. Okay. Um what about the one when when is the event you're doing, Matty? Yes, that is um Yeah, sorry, I want to do that one first. Uh, October that is October 29th and uh 30th. So that's the end of this month. Yep. Okay. And that that's will cool. just be me, but I'll be representing the moth the, boys. In, the moth in the worst boys. in the worst ways I'm possible. I say probably to most people though they're fine with it just It was the Falk yeah. Falk monster camp out. Camp out, right. Yeah. Cuz um, I know and then for we have years straight, Matt's been voted most popular moth boy. <laughs> three years straight. <laughs> um, Is it? And then are we three years? And like oh, March will be three years. Yeah. Holy wow. fuck. So November 20th and 21st, obviously, is CryptidCon, Lexington, Kentucky. Um, so you, we'll be there too. So we have those events coming up. Um, so let's do, uh, we have some reviews. Uh, Ready Jake. to stroke our egos a little bit. Hopefully, if they're good. I mean, yeah, of course. So we have a couple five-star reviews. The first one says, keep it up, guys, exclamation point. And this is from Care1691. Nice. The year you were born, Jake. <laughs> you make that joke all the time. And Hell it gets funnier yeah. every time. It gets funnier every time, right? Because yeah. it gets more it gets more ridiculous every time. <laughs> yeah. Because the older I get, the more true it could be, though, too. <laughs> uh, so it says, Keep it up, guys. And this is, let me start by saying I normally prefer to the point podcast with great story. They're not going to be a fan of us. (laughs) (laughs) But I was hooked. The first 10 minutes of the first episode I listened of this one, the guys, us, they're talking about us, right? uh, Uh have such great and welcoming personalities. They are hilarious. And the banter is great. All, all true. <laughs> not only are they funny, but the stories are good too. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank that's, you. That's that's what we're saying. We're funny, yeah. but we got good stories. Yep. That's that's the kind of review I want printed on my my tombstone. Not not a <laughs> yeah. horseshoe. I want five star reviews on my tombstone. <laughs> and then the oh, other one is five star review, and it says comedy is alive and well. And it says, I'm a huge advocate of connecting to folks via laughter. Yes, it's a silly show. 
True. Yeah. yeah. However, it's an entertaining doorway into these topics. Mm-hmm. That's Hell what yeah. we yeah. say. That's what we yeah. say. Yeah. That's what that was yeah. always been our MO. We want to get we have fun into with it. it. Right. the entry level. And then if you're into it, then you can go to the other more serious stuff. Right. Yeah. So they said there's plenty of documentaries and podcasts with monotone personalities. We need more of this mindless fun in this community. Oh, hell, hell yeah, yeah, dude. All I'm about all about it. that. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much. Five stars. Five stars. And if you want to leave us a review, do it. Because for the month of the spooktacular, every five-star review that we get will be entered into a contest for a prize at the end of the month. Yep. Ooh. So if you ever thought about leaving us a five-star review, now's the time to do, do it. Do it now. Because there's going to be a big giveaway at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Spooktacular giveaway. And right. <laughs> if you already left us a review, you can enter it as well. Just tell us what your review was, and we'll gladly put you into the, to the contest as well. Right. Absolutely. All right, everybody. We will see you next uh, Monday, October 11th for part two. Thanks for listening. Bye. Peace. Grand Mall seizure to High School Musical too.